0: Welcome back to the AP World History Podcast. Uh, Now we're going to be diving into chapter 15 in the Strayer book, looking at the cultural transformations with the uh, really drastic shift in Christianity with the Protestant Reformation, and then um, looking at things like the Scientific Revolution and the Enlightenment uh, in Europe, and then outside of Europe we'll be looking at some of the other changes uh, going on uh, in this time frame. So, um... Big thing is, we're going to break this into three sections. We're going to look at the Protestant Reformation here first. Then we're going to look at what's going on outside of Europe. And then we'll look at the uh, new ways of thinking with the scientific revolution and the Enlightenment. So, uh, this first one's probably going to be the longest of them because there's a lot to cover when we talk about the uh, Protestant Reformation um, because it it completely changes Christianity and puts it on a new new line for when we get to. uh, Uh, the or when we drive into the modern days here and there's a lot of conflicts and other things that come out of it and it uh, will drastically shape how the colonies and everything else look throughout the world so um to get moving to the point uh let's just start with a little bit of background here to remember the church uh was broken up into really two major parts uh you had the uh Catholic Church in the West, which uh, was from the Western Roman Empire, you have the Eastern Orthodox Church in the East, which used to be with Constantinople, which is now centered out of Russia, Um, and you also had a third church, uh, the Coptic Church in Africa, primarily in Ethiopia is the only place that it was really left, and um, you have those three major branches of the church, and the Catholic Church uh, was on the rise, become the most dominant, and was the uniting force in Western Europe. However, uh, when we get to this Reformation, um, that's gone. That's going to be gone by the time we see the end of this here. So, um, it shatters, or really the, the major, uh, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back here was Martin Luther and his 95 Theses, uh, where he critiques the church about corruption and uh, how forgiveness works and whether indulgences, which were these uh, kind of get out of jail free cards for your sins, uh, get sold or were sold to the people, and, and he didn't like that idea. And it's kind of, uh, in, the, in the modern sense, we look back and go, what the heck? How could you do that? Um, so uh, that's, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. But there are some things that aren't really brought up in the textbook uh, that I just want to cover real quickly. Martin Luther isn't the first to critique this. Uh, there are people doing it the whole time. Uh, not the whole time, but but there had been a growing emphasis for about 100 years or so pushing towards uh, something like the Protestant Reformation. Uh, You had a guy named John Wycliffe in England, uh, really pushing for new ways to interpret scripture. Um, You also had them in England uh, switching over and having the text be in English so people could read it on their own, which the church didn't like. Um, Then you had a guy named John Huss, who was in Bohemia, who... um, which is going to be near where uh, Martin Luther is. It's, it's part of Germany or, or the German-Austria, Hungary, or Austria area. Um, but um, he, he breaks away, and eventually he gets captured. He gets burned at the stake, but uh, he has followers that continue to uh, follow his ideas and, and uh, develop his ideas. And then um, also around the same time Luther is doing his things with the 95 Theses, you have the uh, Swiss under Zwingli and later... Um, under John Calvin, uh, pushing their own new theology. So it's not something that's localized to Martin Luther. That's usually what it gets boiled down to, but I just want to give you a a little bit wider scope of what's going on here to start with. Uh, But uh, again, Martin Luther's major uh, gripe is that uh, the Catholic Church is doing a lot of things that aren't in the Bible, and he believes that's the kind of sole source of things where the Catholic Church says, "Eh, tradition also plays a factor in it. And so he comes up with this new theology that says, uh, and he being Martin Luther, that faith alone is what does it. You can't buy your way out of heaven with indulgences. Um, All these sacraments, the church had seven sacraments. He says they're not really doing anything. The only two major sacraments that you have to do are baptism and communion. Those are the two main ones that the Bible gives. The Bible doesn't give any others. And so he gets rid of the other ones. Um, He also brings brings up the idea that People should be able to interpret it. And so that's where you get now uh, movements today uh, or the movements today uh, heavily play on it of the idea of being able to interpret scripture on your own and and why people push that. Um, Catholic Church didn't like that at all uh, because it's dangerous doing that because uh, most people don't have the background knowledge and stuff like that. But also they're going to interpret it differently than how the church wants to push things and push their narrative. So this leads to a lot of changes. Uh, this is where you get a lot of the um, uh, the literalism of taking the Bible, uh, coming back into Christianity, or coming into Christianity, really, for the first time. Uh, for the most part, the Bible is rarely read literally, and now um, you have people doing that and saying it should be just read literally, as everything's uh, the exact word, there isn't any, uh, yeah, we're, I'm not going to go more into the theology of those things, but that's this is where kind of all that comes from. So um you might be wondering well well, kind of why 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 is it in Germany and not somewhere else well Germany uh if you remember at this time it was run by the Holy Roman Empire and the Germans don't really like the Italians the Italians don't like the Germans and the Germans view the Italians that are trying to run the church because the Pope's the head of it as um enemies within their own land and so they they don't like that idea they want to have control of their own church and their lands and what their church says and does and so you get a lot of these lords that will then uh, adopt a Protestantism so they can, <coughs> excuse me, kick the church out and and take more control. Um, and I might have got a little ahead of what you would have seen in the textbook there and those types of things. Uh, but uh, a lot of this is is political just as much as religious. And that's something you got to keep in mind when we're talking about history at this time is there isn't a separation of church and state. Anywhere we go, religion is a major part of of the state. And even if you look at today, you can argue that church and state are separate, but if you look at the major issues that face countries and the social issues that people fight against, um, things like, uh, abortion, things like, um, gay marriage, other things like that. I mean, a lot of those issues have a, um, are, are mixed in with religion. So although we say we're secular, uh, religion works its way into the politics. Um, so, Uh, What then happens because of this? Uh, So the church breaks away. Uh, There's a lot of fighting that will happen. And what we'll see is the 30 years war. Uh, And it's a lot of Catholics versus Protestants. And both sides are fighting either to maintain their own control or to try to reconvert the people back to it because, or convert uh, people to the new side of things if you're a Protestant, because those people are going to go to hell for believing in the wrong thing. So um, we, we get these wars. The 30 years war takes place in Germany, reshapes Europe. Uh, leads to Sweden becoming a, a major power in Europe. Um, leads to changes in alliances and things like that. Uh, but it also causes massive destruction in Germany with 15 to 30 percent of the people dying. Um, now, after about 30 years of fighting, hence the name, uh, the Treaty of Westphalia is signed and that gives uh, princes the ability to determine what religion can be practiced in their region of Germany. Uh, other places where you see violence are like in France where they're primarily French uh, or they're not they're, of course they're French because they're in France, but they're primarily Catholic and Catholicism is supported by the king but you have these uh, this Protestant group known as the Huguenots that fight for uh, their in- religious rights and they eventually get that in the Edict of Nantes um, or you might see it as Nantes, uh, but it's French so it's not uh, and um, this allowed them to have or to be tolerated. But we'll eventually see that being taken away when Louis XIV comes in power after, um, well, later in this time frame, actually. Uh, he kind of takes it away. Uh, what are some other things that we should bring up? So that was the violence. Um, two two major things to note. Um, one, for women, um, nothing really changes. Uh, sometimes, actually, they it gets worse. Um, the exception to that would be the Quakers, and uh, that they actually get a voice there. But in most everywhere else, uh, women get... Uh, lower. Uh, Also, I guess the other exception would be improving education. Uh, Women are even going to get educated a little bit more so they can read uh, and interpret the Bible, but their interpretations will not be as significant as men's interpretations. And uh, the other thing to note is uh, for people to be able to interpret the Bible on their own, you're going to need a cheaper Bible. And the Bible is able to be cheaper now at this time because of the Gutenberg printing press, which is probably the one of the the greatest inventions of all time it's probably in the top five or so uh, for humankind so you have um, this printing press that allows you to make copies of books faster so now the Bible's cheaper so more people can afford it you can have a couple community copies or or you might be able to own your own if you're a middle class citizen so um, we see those types of things going on now initially the Catholic Church doesn't want to address this they they try to put the blinders on and just keep going forward and like, ah, this will all come back and, and get better. And they finally realize, ah, actually we got some major issues that we need to fix. And so you have something known as the counter-reformation where they um, try to restate their Catholicness, uh, what makes them different from the Protestants and what makes them good Christians. Uh, things like uh, priest celibacy which is also something that Luther gets rid of, uh, the need for a Pope, uh, the idea of saints and relics, which again is something the Protestants get rid of. And uh, it's all to justify their, or all to, to kind of support their traditions that they have and have been going on. Uh, but they do reform. They, they push for more education, especially for priests. Uh, they censor books, though, uh, especially ones from Protestants that are critiquing them. Um, and you have new orders come up, the most famous of them being the Jesuits uh, under Ignatius Loyola. And they uh, will go out and be missionaries, but also educators and Uh, we'll see them play more of a role, although they were hoping to play a role in Europe in converting people back to Catholicism. They're going to play more of a role when we get into the Americas, um, or actually just, well, we're already in the Americas. We've looked at the colonialism there, but with the spread of religion, they're the big ones that are going out and converting the people of the the colonized lands. Uh, What else do we want to say? So big thing uh, with the end of this is that... um, the church is splintered again, and now people are questioning the church. No matter what side of the, the, the division you're on, the Protestant or the uh, Catholic, there's skepticism going on within the church, and again, Europe is not united. We just saw 30 years of fighting over which religion is, is the correct one. Um, but even with all this infighting and stuff like that, uh, that happens early on in this time frame. We're talking about the 1500s to the 1600s or so. Uh, after that, uh, we see Christianity really tar- start to spread out because of all the colonization going on. Um, uh, a couple, uh, Christian explorers or explorers are hoping that, uh, they're going to find either, um, there were some looking for the ancient, uh, or some, some, what do I want to say? Christian colonies that were around, uh, from the early church. They don't find any of those, um, But they're hoping to find some of those. Uh, But also they're trying to go and and spread it and uh, become rich. It's kind of like a new crusade that's going on. And uh, the whole goal is when they're going and spreading it, they're making it like it is back home or they want to make it like what they were hoping back home was like. So an example of that would be like the Puritans. Puritans go to the Americas to try to change the church to make it like what they hoped it would be instead of what it was in England. Um, Oh, and that brings us to something that we should probably note. Um... By the end of the Reformation, there are uh, Europe is fairly divided on, on lines of um, Catholic and Protestant. So you have, uh, in the Catholic sphere of influence, you have the Portuguese, you have Spain, you have the Holy Roman Empire, you have Italy, which is part of the Holy Roman Empire. And uh, those are kind of the main areas. Uh, in Protestant control, you have places like Switzerland, Germany is divided between Catholic and, and, Germany is part of the Holy Roman empire, but parts of the Holy Roman empire are also Protestant. Um, if I didn't say France with the Catholics, I meant to say them too, cause they're Catholic. Uh, but then the English, they follow the Anglican church, uh, which is a church they create so that Henry the can have divorces. And, uh, you also have, uh, the Scandinavian countries converting to Protestantism with Lutheranism and um so those are kind of the main areas that we see protestantism at also the the dutch are protestant i can't remember which type they go with i want to guess calvinist uh but i'm not entirely sure there so europe breaks down into those lines and where you see protestants go colonize they're going to preach protestantism protestantism but they don't push it as hard as the catholics do like they do in latin america uh with with uh spain so um What else do we want to say? The Portuguese do a little bit of conversions in Africa and Asia. They don't do significant, though, because again, their colonies aren't fully controlling the people. Whereas Spain and France really push it to the Americans or to the Native Americans, and Spain having the greatest uh, success in Latin America and in the Philippines. Um, And the reason why the Christians are able to do this in these areas is if we remember, there's the, uh, we've been talking about. Sense to spread religions, the main places they spread are to places without really strong traditions. So, uh, Christianity doesn't take part in Hinduism or in India because Hinduism's there and Buddhism's there and they have very strong holy books and structures and stuff like that. Uh, Islam also doesn't take a huge hold there because those are there. But if we talk about um, Western Africa, Eastern Africa with Islam, it takes over those areas, at least in the urban areas, because they don't have strong religious traditions with written traditions and stuff like that. Um, Christianity, you see that happening, uh, when it goes to Western Europe, uh, and Northern in Eastern Europe, uh, they take over there. Uh, but when it reaches China, it it doesn't make much headway. So, um, that's kind of a common theme we see going throughout all, all the times. And, um, so in the Americas, when we see this happening, when we see the spread of the religion, uh, we see women losing power. Uh, as we saw with the spread of Islam and Christianity other, any other time. And uh, we see them absorb some of those religious traditions of the Americas. So you see saints being associated with old deities and old holy places and things like that. And so uh, we see them melding together. Uh, some of the famous ones are like the Virgin of Guadalupe, um, who uh, links with um, who's Mary Magdalene and... Um, wait. Mother Mary. I can't shoot, I might be getting my Mary's mixed up. Sorry. Um, but uh the Virgin Mary. So she gets mixed with that and that takes on some old traditions uh from uh the the Aztec and Mayan and Mesoamerican belief systems. Um so and some of those festivals could be converted as well. That's the same thing that we saw with Christianity in Europe, uh, with like Christmas and the birth of Jesus being Um, associated with Saturnalia, or also Celtic festivals and Germanic festivals uh, around the winter solstice. Uh, So we see that happening there, uh, and it takes off in the Americas. We'll also see it take off in Sub-Saharan Africa in our next time period. That's just jumping ahead a little bit, but we see it taking over in these areas. Um, The place where we don't see Christianity really take off is in Asia, primarily in East Asia or in India. Again, India we already talked about with Hinduism, China... um, And East Asia uh, doesn't want it as well, because they've got Confucianism and their other philosophies and Buddhism, and the Japanese heavily resist it and actually kick Europeans out when they go into isolationist mode and prevent them from trying to uh, uh, convert people. Um, But the people that go to China and uh, really try to push this and are successful in at least making some headway are the Jesuits. Again, we brought them up with the the reform there. And... um, with that, they really try to uh, get people and the, the elites, and they do a little bit of that, but they're always looked at as outsiders, and they try to make connections between Confucianism and it, and it works a little bit. But really, the Chinese go, We, we have our stuff, we're comfortable with what we have, and um, we instead just want your scientific knowledge. And so they take on those ideas. Uh, but eventually, they the, the Chinese and the, the Qing dynasty will kind of put the kibosh and say, Hey, no more trying to convert our people and they'll kind of, uh, push them out. So, um, that's, that's kind of the, uh, reformation in a nutshell. I know that was really quick, but also, I mean, we're 20 minutes, almost getting close to 20 minutes here. So we'll wrap that up here. Um, and then we'll look at the traditions throughout the rest of the world. Uh, next.